The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. All right. Hi, everyone. We're back with another guest, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Can you just tell us a little bit about where you go to school, where you did undergrad, kind of what you're up to now. Hi, everyone. My name is Naveen Kariakos, and I am a third-year student at Western University. I'm originally from Iraq. I am Chaldean, and it's a very small population from the um, Middle East, uh, but right now I live in um, East L.A. That's awesome. There's actually a ton of Chaldean people where I grew up. So that's kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I used to live in Michigan too. Okay. That, that kind of makes sense. So before Western, did you do your undergrad in Iraq or here in the States? No. So I left Iraq at the age of five and then uh, went to Michigan, lived there for a few years. And then when I was 11, we moved to San Diego. Um, and then I did my undergrad at San Diego State University uh, for dental school. I ended up moving to um, Western University, which is in Pomona, to be specific, uh, east of L.A. Okay, cool. So I'm excited to kind of unpack a little bit your journey of getting into dental school and how your experience is so far. So looking back, what would you say is one of the things that helped you the most getting into dental school? I would say my volunteer work with uh, underserved communities. So at San Diego State University, I was one of the co-founding members of Flank Samaritans, which is an organization that hosts medical clinics um, in Mexico, 15 minutes across uh, from the border. And then that year, we ended up opening a dental clinic. And just, you know, it, um, it taught me about myself by doing that. And then at the same time, that's when I discovered um, I actually wanted to do dental instead of medical. And I think that really um, paired up well with schools like Western, um, because all the interviews that I did get had a mission towards um, serving the underserved. And is that something you want to pursue when it comes to working as a dentist in the future? Are you thinking of working for a community in need or is that more of something you would do like occasionally part-time? I do. Um, So I do want to work in a community clinic for some time. I do have plans to want to do private practice as well. Um, since I do have a passion for, you know, more of the cosmetic procedures and such. Um, and that can be hard to do in a community clinic since it's more immediate need. However, I want to do, um, uh, work in community clinics because, uh, the people that you are surrounded by the patients that you're with are much different than those, you know, um, in more affluent areas. So it really, brings you back to why you went into healthcare in the first place. And that's something I don't want to miss on. Um, so regardless, I would do it, whether it's, you know, through volunteer work or part of my career um, in community clinics. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I know there's so many different ways to give back and to provide dental service, whether it's through like a federally qualified health center or just like you were saying volunteer services, like one day a month or something. There's so many different ways to do it. So I love seeing when dentists are passionate to incorporate that too. Right. I mean, we couldn't have done the Flying Samaritans clinics without a dentist who would volunteer from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. with us. So, um, you know, it's really those people that were able to make it happen. Yeah, that's so true. So you talked about Western being pretty like service focused. What were some other things that made you interested in that program and what made you end up choosing to go there? For myself, um, (laughs) it is a great school. I did a lot of preview days at the school before I uh, got in. Um, multiple times. And every time I would visit the school, I felt that the culture was very friendly and collaborative. And I love group work. Um, I would say I thrive being around people. And due to COVID, um, I started my uh, dental school journey in 2020. So it was a lot um, on my own in a sense, which was good. But at the same time, I felt that I didn't miss out on the group work that I was looking forward to, especially in dental care. I mean, in dental school, because everyone has such a different experience. Um, like for example, like, uh, I'm not the best with removables and having a student who can explain to me like dentures and RPDs, um, would have made it easier for me. Uh, But unfortunately, we were uh, in LA, the LA County had a lot of um, restrictions. So our time was limited with one another. Um, But regardless, I would say Western from the other schools that I visited, um, had a very collaborative culture that I liked. Um, Another thing is I wanted to be in Southern California, close to my family. So that was a big um, decision maker for me. Um, And those would be my top two reasons for why I chose Western. I definitely feel you with the COVID school. I was started in 2022. So we're both going to graduate in 2024, 2020. As well, not 2022. <laughs> it kind of came out like that as the year. Um, but yeah, we're both going to graduate in 2024, it sounds like. So I agree that it was weird starting during COVID and like it just really made for an interesting class dynamic now. Like we've all gotten to meet and bond and everything, but I think it's so different than seeing the current first years and even our second year class. Like they, just have a very different experience. And when the first years ask about like this exam or this class, like I can only give Mm -hmm. so much perspective because ours was virtual and it was just so different back then. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So when you were heading into dental school, I feel like all of us have a lot of expectations. What were some of the things that maybe did or did not go the way you expected? My expectation for coming into dental school was that it was going to be much harder than it is. Uh, And I want to emphasize on what I mean in a hard sense. Like for me, when I was studying for the DET, I was like, oh my gosh, if this is hard, then I can't even imagine how much harder dental school is going to be. Or like um, in uh, undergrad, I remember I had an old chem teacher who said, if you guys think organic chemistry is hard, then just wait until like med school or dental school. And I was like, always terrified of what they would say. But I mean, I've never taken a class in dental school that's been as hard as chemistry or 
uh, organic chemistry. Like I can't even compare the two. Like, I don't think any class is really that hard. As long as you do the work, you listen to the lectures and um, you comprehend it, you're good to go. Uh, but in terms of time, it is time consuming um, because you're in class every, in class or lab or clinic from eight to five. So I don't have flexibility over my schedule. I don't get to choose my classes. So the amount of material I would say is more, but the difficulty in the material I would say is less or equal to what it would be in undergrad. I don't think um, it's much harder. Another thing that truly, truly helped me um, relax in dental school was uh, not having to always think 10 steps ahead and just take it day by day. And I wish I did that in undergrad because that changed my um, mentality about so many things, not even just dental school, but life in itself. I made more time to see my family, made more time to go out on weekends and not feel guilty about it. And all that I think was because of how much I stressed out when I was studying for the DET. And I realized like, hey, it's not the worst. If something happens, there's always, uh, you know, something that can solve the problem that you think is not solvable. So in a nutshell, um, my expectations uh, were, were thinking that it's gonna be harder, but it ended up being a um, much smoother ride than I expected. <laughs> That's good. And I feel like, so many people either have that kind of experience or the opposite, but it's not like good or bad one way or the other. It's just some people put too much pressure on themselves during undergrad and then they get to dental school and they're like, wait, like I'm going to be okay. I made it. And then other people maybe didn't do as well as they wanted academically in undergrad. And then they have to kind of climb their way back up to get into dental school. But then you still end up like happy that you made it there kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great summary. It's the amount of pressure you put on yourself. um, I never knew this until I got in dental school uh, has a big role in how much you're going to have to deal with stress. 100%. I'm wondering how you kind of touched on like your adjustment to dental school academically, but how's your adjustment been with clinic? Are you guys seeing patients now? How has that been? Yes. So, um, the way we did it in preclinical curriculum was we would go into lab usually in the afternoons and then in the mornings it was like lecture. Uh, the way Western works is you take uh, two, yes, two classes, I would say didactic um, at the same time. And then some of them, it depends on the course. Some of them are like six weeks, seven weeks, or some will be like three weeks. Like I remember gross anatomy was like two weeks. Um And so I like that because you're focusing on, uh, you know, three to four subjects at a time rather than six or seven. And uh, I would say my adjustment to clinic um, wasn't too bad because even though the hardest semester that COVID affected was my first semester and then second semester. And after that, we were in, uh, you know, SimLab. It wasn't much different than SimLab. I think they do a pretty good job at uh, replicating um, clinic in SimLab. Uh, however, I would say the biggest adjustment for me was Axiom, which is the software you use to document everything um, you're doing for the patients. I think that definitely was the biggest adjustment. Clinical work, I don't think it was that much different from Sim. It was just getting to know how the software works, 
um, you know, how many codes I need, stuff like that, just the logistics. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm really happy to hear though, that you felt so prepared for clinic with your sim lab experience. I think that speaks really highly of your program. Sometimes I felt like certain elements of our sim lab like experience could have been maybe timed differently, like when we learned what and things like that. But I'm glad to hear that you felt prepared. That's awesome. Yes, um, I do agree with what you're saying, though, in terms of what was being taught, because sometimes they had to combine certain sessions with other uh, curriculums. And you were like, why am I learning crowns with, I don't know, root canals? Like we started off with the root canal because that was something we could do at home. And so we were literally working on plastic teeth, um, doing root canals at home my first semester. And it was so hard to know because you barely know the morphology and the anatomy of a tooth, let alone now you're doing like a root canal. Um, So the organization could have been different, but at the end you realize, okay, it all makes sense, you know, and it just comes together really. (laughs) No, that does make sense. And yeah, I feel like So like talking between people at different dental schools, there's so many differences, but there's so many similarities and there's like strong points about each program and things that could be improved about each program. But at the end of the day, like we're all going to be dentists and somehow are getting competent enough to graduate and to pass a standardized board exam and everything. So somehow everyone gets prepared one way or another. Right, right. So at your dental school, is there anything like extracurricularly that you're involved in that you enjoy or do you really just like focus on the studies? Yes, um, I would say in undergrad, I think another reason why I had so much more pressure and stress was because I was heavily involved and I loved my experience in undergrad. However, when I got into dental school, um, I was having to... Uh, slow down one, maybe because of COVID. So I didn't go, you know, to club meetings like I would be like I would if it was in person. That may have been um, a reason for it. Another reason was I just wanted to not overwhelm myself with so many activities and events uh, since I had that experience in undergrad. So I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but right now I'm involved with AAWD, which is Women in Dentistry um, uh, Society, which I like because I love learning about, you know, I'm a first generation um, college student. And then at the same time, uh, I come from a very small community. So mo- uh, moving to a dental school, going and be- getting a doctorate is um, something I battled because I fa- I would be, in a sense, um, sort of stepping out of that boundary that I had in my mind. Um, However, when I got here, it was like, okay, it's fine. Everyone's doing it. And the more you go into it, the more you meet people like you. So I got to meet more people that were from my community that were in the dental field or medical field. And this type of organization really brings me... um, and network with women in dentistry. Another organization I'm involved in is called AGD. And the reason I got involved with it is because they bring um, a general dentist from different disciplines uh, like sports medicine or um, a dentist who is specializing in, not specializing, but has a huge emphasis on Invisalign and things like that, 
or like they have speakers uh, who work in the prison system. And I just uh, joined it really because I want to learn more from them and to have those connections, um, you know, because everyone has their own perspective and experience. Uh, another thing that I'm involved in is called ASDA, and ASDA is basically um, everyone at Western is part of it, but they have different events. Like they have this business series called Dental Coaching, which I really, really love. Um, it's basically six courses that you take on uh, what it takes to run a practice, what you need to actually do well, and things like that, um, the legal parts of it. Uh, and those are, you know, just a few things I'm involved in here and there. That's awesome. And it's cool to hear how your school is running those organizations. Cause like I'm involved in them as well at like chapter levels at my school. So I love hearing that literally on the other side of the country that you guys are <laughs> in similar organizations and you're having such valuable experiences. And I agree with AGD. It's so cool to just see that. Of course, we all know about like the private practice practice model, how that works as a general dentist, but there's so many different ways to practice dentistry that I think you don't get exposed to as a pre-dent. And you really realize those once you get into dental school. And I mean, for me, I'm probably still going to go that traditional route, but it's just cool to know that there's more out there. And then as Mm -hmm. we become educated, we can kind of pay it forward to the pre-dents that maybe never heard about that when we were in their stage, but now they know about it earlier and then it can maybe reach and inspire more people to get involved in those more like niche areas of dentistry that need more providers. Right, right. Yeah. And everyone truly has something to share, like from the dentist that works for a um, a sports team, he shared one way to connect with your community. And let's say you do have a traditional private practice is to go out to the high school football teams and provide mouth guards. And that's one way to get, you know, um, patients to know about you. So yes, I might not go into sports um, (laughs) uh, dental, but at the same time, it's like you picked up something else from him. Yeah, that's a really cool point. As for AWD, I love talking about this with like females, dentists and soon to be (laughs) dentists that I have on my podcast. Is there anything that has stuck out to you from the different speakers or panels or events that you've done with? the women in dentistry group, like for me, something that I always thought was interesting is just like how there's no paid maternity leave in dentistry. Mm -hmm. And that as women, we have to be prepared for that and like be financially planned to be able to have a child or figure something out when the time comes. So things like that, I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Yes, that's a great point. Um, I haven't been exposed to, I haven't had a speaker talk about that. Uh, We've had, you know, speakers talking, like women um, professors share about how their journey into dentistry led them to something else um, that they never thought about. But I follow a page called uh, Dental Nachos, and they were talking about lactation rooms in uh, dental offices and how... um, I'm not quite sure which state has this uh, law, but it mentioned you should um, pay every two hours for 30 minutes for a woman to breastfeed. Um, And, you know, people were commenting saying like, I don't think an employer should be responsible for that. But I worked in biotech companies before dental school, and there was a lactation room just for um, 
like a private room just for you to go whenever you needed to go. And it's crazy to think about a doctor to have to uh, not have that um, freedom uh, or that, uh, I guess, uh, privilege. Whereas someone in a corporate um, company does have that and doesn't have to worry about that. And they also have paid maternity leave. So those are things that I have thought about myself because I got the experience of working at a biotech field and noticed that there is all those um, opportunities, whereas in a dental clinic, there isn't, you know, Um that's a good point. Maybe we'll get speakers to, I'm on the board of AAWD. So I'll bring it up to try to get people, you know, to hopefully present on it. Uh, but hopefully you on the other side of the country um, can push for a movement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one thing like that's the first way for anything to change is like to bring awareness to a problem. And then you mm-hmm. can push for regulations or just restructuring of things because if more people start including it in contracts, then it will become more standard and other people will have to in order to like mm-hmm. meet that. But it has to be started somewhere, you know. So right. who knows? Maybe we will be in a financial place one day if we own a practice to provide that to associates and that can set a standard like how we wish we were treated or something. You never know. Um, right. You mentioned the biotech company. That's interesting. How did that work into your timeline towards dental school? And like, how has that kind of changed your perspective as a dental student versus like me, I came right from undergrad into dental school? Um, so working in the biotech field and also at the same time I was working at the dental office, it showed me that in my eyes, a dental practice was truly, you know, um, what I was aiming for. But then working in the biotech field showed me that a dental office is minute compared to what a corporate has to do every single day to achieve their goals. So coming from that perspective, it showed me, uh, for example, there's so many team building activities at a corporate level. There's so many more like conflict resolutions. And in dentistry, like uh, I noticed there's sometimes employees that or coworkers that don't get along and there's nothing to solve that. And then the people are just forced to work with, an, with one another um, and put up with it. And then there goes employee, uh, uh, yeah, employee turnover. Whereas if you provided those services like conflict resolutions or team building, um, however it is, will be more likely to feel like they're uh, not only working there for, you know, hourly, but they're growing, you know, because those skills you can take to another job, uh, like a dental assistant, they may become something else in their career. They're not going to be a dent. They're not going to be a dental assistant, maybe for their whole life. Um, like a dentist usually is once they, once they're a dentist, they're a dentist, you know, for, um, decades. So I think those are some of the things that I, um, picked up from the biotech field that I would have loved to see in a dental practice. Um, Maybe corporate dentistry will have this because they have the capacity to provide such services. Whereas a private practice, I can see why it might be hard on the budget. Um, It is a small business usually, so that can be harder to bring around to employees. Um, And then another thing that I would say in terms of personal growth the biotech field just showed me that there are so many more avenues um, of careers. And I wish I had explored the biotech field when I was um, earlier in my uh, degree, 
in my bachelor's degree because I would have felt that there's other avenues if dental school did not work out for me. Um, and so a lot of pre-dentals who may be listening to this, um, we treat like dental schools end all. And if you don't get in, you're like a failure or you um, can't do anything else because our biology degree is useless, right? If you majored in biology and undergrad, but truly there's way more avenues that you can go into and um, grow into and have a whole career um, that's that could be even bigger than a doctorate. Like the impact you make through a company could be larger than what you would do as a dentist. So just a different perspective um, that I got to experience. That's really interesting. What made you, because you said you did that organization in undergrad where you figured out, I want to be a dentist. Did you work for this biotech company like before undergrad, during undergrad, after? I worked after dental, um, after my undergrad. So I had no intentions really to go into the biotech field. Um, but my best friend was working and that's what she wanted to do. She didn't want to go to grad school at the time, um, like medical school, dental school. And I figured, why should I do that? In my head, I thought biotech field meant labs. And I did not like labs, like chemistry labs or biotech labs. I mean, biology labs. Um, but biotech fields have so many different departments. I didn't even work in a lab when I worked in this biotech company. So there's a lot of avenues, like I said. Um, they're very difficult to navigate because getting your foot in the door can be hard. But working with recruiters is one way to get in there. Um, and I wish I had started during my undergrad because you can get internships um, and be working, uh, you know, in a dental office in the biotech field because a lot of people, uh, pre-dentals especially will, especially will think that I shouldn't work in a biotech field because it may look like I'm not committed to dentistry and all my experience should be in the dental field. But that's actually not true because like I said, a lot of the skills you gain from that type of job or any job can be transferred to the dental field and um, bring a new perspective that other dental students may not have. Um, and that will help you later on in your career too. No, that's awesome. I mean, I just think that's so cool. That's why I kept asking questions. That's awesome. And it's so nice to have, that's what I love about dental school. Like people come in from all different backgrounds. There are a lot of the traditional in quotes students that go right from undergrad or maybe do one gap year, but there's also a lot of people that came from like full-time other careers or they, did a different major and then switched to healthcare and then did like a post-bac or master's or people move from other countries, like all these different backgrounds. And I think that's been one of the coolest things of dental school. Cause obviously at a big undergrad, like where I went, there was all kinds of diversity of experiences and of thought as well. But going to dental school where it's a smaller class size, you actually get a chance to interact with every single person in your class and learn from them. So I've really loved that about just, I guess, grad school in general, but specifically dental school. Right. That's very true. So I have one more question before we wrap up. I was wondering now that you're in your third year, what are you most looking forward to with the rest of dental school? Um, I would say, I know a lot of people might be like graduation, but honestly, I feel afraid in a sense, like I'm ready I want to be able to move faster because, you know, the school dental clinics at school are much slower. Everything, there's so many stop signs before you can get like a filling done. 
So in that sense, yes, I'm ready to move faster. Like a lot of times I want to schedule two patients, um, you know, in a four hour block, but it's like, no, you can because the school operates on these protocols. So I'm ready for that, but I'm not ready to be completely like on my own in a sense and not have like our professors to go to when you're stuck in a procedure. Um, that will be difficult, but at the same time, when you do figure it out, it feels like, okay, I, you know, I can do anything now. Um, so that freedom I am looking forward to. And then um, your question was about what I look forward to finishing dental school, right? Um, I would say another thing I'm working on is uh, growing my social media presence because that is something that I really want to invest in and grow in. Um, I think it's a big, big thing, whether, you know, you do go in a private practice or you are simply educating on oral hygiene and overall healthcare. Um, in general, I would say that's something that I'm really looking forward to because in this next year and a half, I want to make it my um, goal to grow on social media because I think I have more time in dental school to be capturing things um, like alginate impressions or diagnostic cast. Whereas, you know, after school, it might be harder because of other, wherever you work may have logistics on what you can and can't um, capture on uh, a video or photos. So that's one reason. Another thing is I know a lot of people say there's no time in dental school, but honestly, I think to myself, there's so much more time now than I will later on. Um, once I start, you know, working, I don't think there will be as much time. And just keeping that perspective has pushed me to do more in dental school rather than saying, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. It's like, no, later you're actually going to be busier. I'm still lazy at times, but I try to remind myself like, hey, you need to do it right now because later it means um, it's not going to happen. That's very good and very motivational. I think for probably everyone listening, including myself, that <laughs> I agree. Like I have friends that are still in grad school. I have some friends that are working. And although like, I'm so excited to be a real working person, you know, when I graduate and finally have an income and get to go up to the practice every day and do dentistry, but there is something nice about being a student, like as much as you don't have an income and maybe you have student debt or whatever looming over you, like you still get student discounts. You just get that like excuse of like, oh, I'm still <laughs> in school kind of thing. Like we only have that for a little bit longer. So we got to soak up the time and the extra opportunities and the networking. And I've heard this from dentists too. Like so many dentists will be willing to help any student but mm -hmm. not every dentist is willing to help another dentist. Right. A lot of people are <laughs> like a lot of people are really supportive in the dental community. But at the end of the day, some people are going to view you as competition once you're a dentist. But as mm -hmm. a student, they don't. So it's really good to take advantage of just visiting dental offices, more networking, more like shadowing. Even now that we know more of what's going on, they might let us look more into like their practice, like business and their like profit and loss statements, like anything, they might be more willing to show you that kind of stuff now when you're a student. So we have to right. make the most of that while we have that chance. Very true. Very true. 
So before I ask for your closing thoughts, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have any questions or just want to pick your brain about dental school, about Western? Yes. So I would say um, I started 24 crown, which is my Instagram 24, because we're graduating in the uh, 2024 and then crown with the K because of um, my last name, it's Kariakos, K-R-Y. Um, and obviously crowns like 24 karat gold crowns. That's where the name come from. It came from. And I started this page because of my um, passion for educating. I mean, whether it's like dental field, um, oral hygiene, uh, how to get into grad school, whatever it is, I love education. So I wanted to educate on that because I personally had a hard time like navigating through like how to write a personal statement, how to, um, what the programs I should invest in for my DET prep, all that I would say was difficult for me. So I had to reach out to others. And like I said, networking truly was, um, what helped me uh, get to dental school and, you know, later on, even to graduate, I feel like networking is such a big role in everything you do, because there's always someone that knows more than you. Um, so reach to reach out to me on 24 crown. And that's where I can provide tips. I can, uh, I offer free um, personal statement editing, application reviews, um, even DET prep suggestions. Uh, I do have a lot of giveaways on my, um, on my page as well. So that can help someone out who might not be able to afford like a DET prep, um, a subscription and just little things that can make, uh, my page valuable to others. Um, besides that, my email's on there as well, but 24 crown is really the main source, the main, I would say area to Instagram account that I, um, tell people to go to because I'm always on there. <laughs> no, yeah, that's perfect. And that's an easy way for them to get connected to you. And then things can go from there if they end up needing more help or something like that. So thank you so much for that. And I love your page. I think it's a very clever name. Thank you. So before we wrap up, do you have any like closing words of wisdom, final thoughts you want to leave listeners with? I would say first, thank you for giving me this opportunity and like I said, I love that. It's so consistent. Like I was listening to um, a Polished Tooth uh, and she goes to USC and that's how I found out about your podcast. Um, and, you know, it's just something every little thing you'll hear or read, I think has value to it. And I would say my closing thoughts to anyone listening to this, whether they're a dental student um, or a pre-dental student or even a pre-med student, I think uh, the fields are very similar and especially getting into grad school is very similar um, to just network and never, ever take one person's advice on something. Like, let's say if I shouldn't apply this year, like don't listen to one person and say, oh, you know, like I'm not ready. I shouldn't apply. Go and ask others and go to like professionals before you make that decision. Because I um, experienced, uh, you know, an undergrad. Um, I applied later than I should have because I listened to advice that wasn't the best. Um, but that was my, you know, fault for taking one person's advice and running with it. So in my final thoughts, I would say that's something that I just uh, would suggest to everyone um, to always check in with others and um, 
rely on multiple sources. That's really good advice, especially probably coming similar to your situation, but a lot of my listeners are first gen or just don't have a university with a lot of like pre-health counselors and things like that. So a lot of people feel kind of lost sometimes. And I think it's important that they don't let one discouraging person like count themselves out from doing dentistry or getting into dental school, because I know that anybody listening to this podcast, is obviously passionate, so they can definitely do it. So I appreciate you sharing some encouragement there too. Of course. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was awesome getting to know you more and learning about your experiences so far in dentistry. Thank you so much. And it was nice meeting you virtually. (laughs) 